Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Two Seconds Before I Snap, soon to be converted over. Still haven't come up with a name, but <laughs> I have a few in mind. Um, you know, thank you to anyone that gave suggestions and uh, on topics and like what you guys like to hear. Please keep them coming. Um, I am going to send out a uh, survey via email if you are subscribed to my blog at gotalovejoyce.com. So if you are not, please subscribe. Um, I don't send out uh, stuff daily or often really um i probably haven't even sent anything in months which is terrible but um yeah i mean you should at least get in front of your subscribers at least once a month i mean at least but you would have to just set whatever is comfortable for you um as far as how many times you want to reach out to them but yeah so basically i'm saying all that because i'm not going to be flooding your email box i don't like a flooded email box therefore i'm not going to flood someone else's so yeah there's that. So please don't forget to subscribe. Gotta lovejoyce.com. There will be a survey coming so that I can uh, curate this new podcast to fit all of your needs. And thank you guys so much for listening. Creating content is very hard. It's a lot that goes into it. Um, and I do a podcast. I do a blog. Um, I'm an influencer on top of everything else. And so all of those things you have to promote. You have to actually um, brainstorm. Okay. This stuff takes a lot of creative work. Um, you have to create photos and you have to have a certain look aesthetic. And it's just like a lot that goes into it. So I really, really, really appreciate you guys for listening, um, for sharing. Um, when you like share my post and stuff, or when you shout me out, it means so much to me more than you'll ever know. Just because I put so much into this, these are like my other babies. And, um, yeah, so thank you. Um, so yes, moving on. Um, Little Fires Everywhere was such a good TV show. I finally finished it. It's only eight episodes if you have not watched it. Uh, Reese Witherspoon plays in it and Carrie Washington. Um... It's a really cute storyline. The story can be a little slow. So if you're a little impatient or if you like things really messy and fast paced, um, you may not like it. It does have a lot of drama going on in it, but it does take a while each episode to get there. Um, I'm so impatient. So um, <laughs> I really like the show, but I did need to know what was going to happen. So I did reach out to someone else that already watched it to give me some of the spoilers. Like I'm obsessed obsessed with spoilers so i don't know i just the element of surprise just kind of like weirds me out and it just makes me uneasy um so clearly i'm not like a surprise party person <laughs> but honestly i probably would like a surprise party but i probably will find out about it just because i'm so obsessed with spoilers like i don't need to know everything but i just need to know like a little something something but yeah anyway so it was a really really good show um, I don't want to give too much away just in case you guys don't like spoilers and in case you guys have not seen it and you want to see it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, a wealthy white woman, which plays, which is played by Reese Witherspoon, kind of like notices Carrie Washington, her name is Mia in the show and her daughter, less fortunate. Um, and she kind of just like offers them a place to stay at a discounted rate. She offers her like a job in her home to be like a house manager instead of calling it a housekeeper. Um, but yeah. And then you just kind of see like, um, 
them figuring it out as a mom, okay? I really just don't want to give away too much. But what I loved about the show is that people and children, especially oftentimes think someone else's life is so much better. It's not. Things are always going to be picture perfect, you know, when you don't know the full picture, when you don't know somebody's true story, when you don't know what's really going on in that house. It can always look picture perfect. And that's kind of how, uh, I think her name is Elena, Carrie, not Carrie, uh, Reese character. I think it's Elena. I think so. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But yeah, anyway, she, um, yeah, her life looks so picture perfect. She's a journalist. Her husband's a prominent lawyer. She has, you know, her children, uh, which one of them she's having a really hard time raising. Um, so I'm sorry, she has four children, one of which she's having a hard time raising. The other three, you know, they're like either athletes, you know, or you know, the cool kids or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, it's just really, really good because you, like the kids kind of think like the other mom is just so much better, but they really don't know what's going on in the other one's home. And, you know, oftentimes we can be so quick to judge or so quick to assume and we have to really stop that. And so I thought it was a really good show for um, just different perspective. I like any show that's going to raise racial um, you know, things. And I also like, um, just things that, you know, are relatable. Now I didn't personally go through some of the things that they went through, but I know what it's like to raise a teenager and it's difficult. I know what it's like to be done having children. And then, you know, you end up having another one and then that to be a struggle, you know? So there were a lot of relatable things. If you are a mother, especially that you can relate to from the show. Um, and, you know, just at least learning too. I like seeing from another perspective, like, mm, what's that mom doing and how's it affecting her child so that I can do it differently? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, I think we all do that in our own personal life. Like there's things that my mom did that I don't do. There's things that she does do that I absolutely do. And so I think it's just good. I love another perspective. I'm really obsessed with like perspective and story. I'm not really a surface level person. I really get up underneath that thing. So like, that's why I said I can't like give you guys too much because I can get like really heavy and like really into some of the stuff that they were talking about. But um, anyway, so yeah, if you have not checked that out, Little Fires Everywhere was really good. Um, I probably will read the book. I heard that it was phenomenal. Um, the book, uh, the author of the book is Asian. Um, she... Uh, so the reason I'm saying that is because I guess from what I've heard in the book, she doesn't really classify that Mia and her daughter are black. Um, I think they're just people of color or whatever the case may be. But um, a lot of people said that the book was very different from the show. Um, but she actually was happy with how they were able to really engage race. She said that's something that she really wanted to get into in the book, but um, she couldn't because if you're not a woman, a black woman, it's kind of hard for you to tell that story, you know, from that vantage point and it'd be authentic and it'd be as impactful. So the show was able to show you that in a way that she wouldn't be able to in the book. So that's one thing. I haven't read the book. So like I said, I don't really know. Um, but I know that that's one thing people were kind of like, oh, you know, it's a little bit different. And books are always going to be different usually than the show only because, I mean, a book you can go on and on and on. A show or a movie, you can only get so detailed. Um, and then, you know, I think with the 
show too they didn't want it to mirror too much i mean usually you get inspiration in a storyline and then you make it your own i think we all kind of do that in life like i may see a photo that i like on instagram i'm not gonna recreate it to the t you know what i'm saying i might like maybe the way she wore her jacket or posed or the prop that she had so i might redo it but i'm gonna put my own spin on it so you know i think we have to like remember that like creative people um they're just you know, they're just creating, you know, they're inspired by something and then they're creating. But anyway, I do want to read the book because I just want to see for myself how different it is. Um, and just because I like reading and because I heard it's a really phenomenal book. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's on Hulu. It's only eight episodes. I, fi I finished it in like a week. Um, me and Michael, we literally like binge watched it over like a course of a few days, obviously, because the episodes are long. They're about an hour or 50 minutes or something like that. So obviously you don't have that much time in the day to watch that much TV. Well, I don't. Um, and I know most moms don't. So there's that. So moving on, I have a new blog post that's up. And um, I thought it was very important to write a blog like this because um, oftentimes we spring clean our home, our wardrobe, and, you know, our garden, all these other things, but we forget to spring clean us and our soul. And it's so important. Me, I am all about personal growth. I am all about personal development. Why? Why am I so obsessed with that? I'm obsessed with that because if you do not get better, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're just going to keep repeating bad cycles. I feel like you won't live the life that you're supposed to live. And I'm all about living a purposeful life. I feel like if you um don't get your stuff together you're just like gonna always be so heavy and so weighted down and you know not at peace and unhappy and i'm not saying that you can't be happy and stuff if you don't deal with your stuff it's just hard and it's heavy and i don't like living like that i truly just want to be the best me that i can be you know that's fitness wise physical wise mentally emotionally um, the way that I'm parenting my children, like how you are, how well you are, your mental state, it really affects how well you can interact with people, how successful you're going to be. So I'm like obsessed with it. And I have been because there was a, there was a time in life where I noticed there were some really bad things I didn't like about myself. You know, like there were some bad things that just needed to, that I just needed to get rid of. Um, there were some characteristics and things like judgment. I used to be very judgmental when I was like a teenager and like early 20s. So probably from like, I want to say maybe 16, 17 to like 22 or something like that. Judgmental. I don't know if other people were like that too, but I know that I was um, like, oh, I could never do that or this and that and the third. And, then, and it was just like, you know, I didn't really have a lot of grace. I didn't. Um, I had to live more life, make mistakes of my own and learn that while wow, people are just going through stuff, people are messed up inside. They are broken. They are hurt. They are healing or they don't even understand. They don't know. They can't fathom. That's why they did that. That's why they said that. That's why they behave that way. And so for me, it's like, OK, um, growing up and starting, like I said, to make my own mistakes and just, you know, getting closer with God, I'm like, wow, you don't really have a lot of grace, Joyce. You're pretty judgmental. You don't have a lot of grace. You need to get rid of that, you know? So that was one thing. Another thing, forgiveness. Um, 
I was not forgiving anybody. You not getting into, uh, nope, not happening. You're not getting another chance. Nope, not happening. Um, so the reason I was like that is because I don't know, honestly, I think it was just like a protection thing. I also think it was just the way of me, um, I guess maybe having a fit, a tantrum or things didn't go my way sometimes, you know, but more importantly, I just would take it so personal. That's why I couldn't forgive. I'm like taking this personal, like you did that to me? What? What do you think you're talking to? You said that to me? Really, bro? Really, sis? Come on now. It's me, you know, and I just felt like the level of disrespect, like that's one thing now still to this day, I cannot deal with disrespect. It just bothers me like completely. And so I was like, you know, I can just get so apoplectic with rage. And then I'm just like, nope, I'm not forgiving you. You did this. You said that you're done. You know, this friendship is over. This relationship is over. You blew it. And I just didn't like it because like, who do I think that I am to ask God for forgiveness every day, pretty much. And I can't extend it to my fellow brothers and sisters. Okay. Come on now. Really? reality check you know and it's like i can't expect other people to forgive me if i can't forgive other people you know and it's like i had to realize that like you can't take everything personal okay people really are struggling or they're going through something and sometimes you just get caught up in the mix it's not okay and it's not fair i'm not saying that you shouldn't hurt and i'm not saying that everyone that you forgive you should let back in but what I am saying is that I had to learn that forgiveness was for me. It was freeing for me because I would not forgive these people. And then I would carry around anger and resentment and rage. And it just wasn't what I just didn't like it. I didn't like that feeling, you know, and then I don't like leaving something undone, you know? So it was like, if we had a blowout and just ended a friendship, for example, I didn't really get to say what I needed to say. I didn't get closure from that. You know, I don't feel at peace just leaving things so messy, like even around the house. Ugh. If it's just too messy, like I'm okay with a little mess, but if it's just out of control, I literally start to like itch, like I'm not even going to lie. So yeah, I just, for me, I really wanted to be a better forgiver because I know that God gives me grace and he forgives me all the time. Um, and I am obviously no better than him. And I appreciate his grace and mercy every single day. So and I just also wanted that feeling of being free. You know, I read somewhere that not forgiving someone else is like you drinking poison, waiting for them to die. That's exactly what it feels like. Like you're the one harboring all that hurt and pain, girl. Let that go, boo. And that's the thing. When I realized that forgiveness was more for me than it was for them, because, oh, God's going to handle them or life is going to handle them or their own insecurities, problems, and letdowns, that stuff is going to handle them. But I have to make sure that I am okay for me so that I can function on a daily basis so that I can be the best mom, be the best wife, be the best friend, be the best daughter, be the best sister, whatever title, but more importantly, just be the best me. So yes, I like am obsessed with personal development and stuff. But anyway, back to the spring cleaning. So spring cleaning is just as important for your home as it is for your soul. I'll read you a little paragraph from the blog post and then you can go and check it out yourself. Um, basically what I'm talking about is just how the heck do you clean your soul and what does that even mean? Um, so yeah, spring cleaning your soul is a lot like cleaning your home. Lots of decluttering and pruning. It's centralizing your peace. 
Complete exhaustion consumes you during the process, but feelings of relief and accomplishment overwhelm you when you're finished. So how the heck do you clear your, I mean, I'm sorry, how the heck do you clean your soul? I'm not going to tell you. You got to go read it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that was like a small little snippet from the blog post because I think that's so true. It is exhausting during the process when you are soul cleaning. It can be sad. It can be painful. It can be dark. It can hurt. Oh, it can hurt. It can be heavy. It can be frustrating. It can be upset, upsetting. You know, it can be very, very tiring. So it is a dark, exhausting time. But when you are done, you do feel so much better when you get rid of toxic people, toxic things, when you uh, make yourself a better person, when you get back to things that you want to do, like certain hobbies, um, or when you just stop living afraid and you start living your life, you start to travel or take risk. Um, wait, pause. But speaking of travel, I love travel, which you guys know, but I am so nervous to travel right now with everything that's going on. I still freak out sometimes that we literally are living during a pandemic. Like I just, like just literally, this just like came out of nowhere. Like this literally will go down in history. Kids will be learning about this in science and history. And we literally live through that. It's just so crazy to me. We have lived through some crazy things, us millennials, okay? Ooh, child. But anyway... Yeah, I definitely want to travel, but I don't know if I will be able to do that and be okay. So I'm so nervous. I hope that things clear up and that I'm able to go somewhere by late summer, maybe early fall, hopefully my birthday. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be traveling this summer. And that's such a bummer for me. Oh my God, we're still on lockdown here. And I just... I'm just trying to get a pedicure. Like, this is tough. And I had to tell myself, because I went to CVS last week, and um, there was a huge sign. Like, they're basically requiring you to wear a mask to come in. And if you don't, you have to go through, like, drive through to get your meds. And I was like, whoa, life is literally going to change, you guys. Like, literally. Like, I don't think we're going to get back to normal for the rest of this year, maybe even some of next. Um, I think it's just going to be, like, kind of weird, you know? Oh, and so I, some days I can get sad or some days I can be like creeped out or frustrated or whatever, or just overwhelmed emotionally. I think about all the people that were lost, um, and, and affected by this, the businesses, it's a lot. And I just feel like, you know, I try my best to be positive and to reshift my focus, which is another good personal development trait. Um, sometimes we just harbor, harbor, harbor on the negative things. And it's like, look, sis, what is that doing for you? Nothing. You got to think on, think about the positives. So yeah, it's just tough. And so I just, you know, if you didn't already know, it's okay to have tough days with that emotionally, with what's going on. Um, it's okay to be weirded out, frustrated, upset, whatever you're feeling, honestly, but just don't stay there, you know, because this is what's happened. This is what's here. You stay prayed up. You, you know, continue to build your immune system um, and you, you know, be careful. And that's pretty much all we can do. But anyway, back to the whole spring cleaning thing. And that's why travel came up. But yeah, do things that you want to do. Um, spring clean your soul. OK, you got to get that stuff out of there. Take a look at yourself. And like I said, I don't want to give it away because obviously I want you guys to read the post. But yeah, you have to take a look at yourself. That's the first step. Self-reflection. What is going on in your life? What is going on within you that you just want to change, that you want to fix, or that it could be good and you just want it to be better? I also use spring cleaning of the soul time to like 
really grind out my goals. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm all about wealth. I'm all about living a great life. I really am. Um, I'm not here just to exist. I really don't, you know, that's not my thing. So I just feel like use this time, not just to clean up your home and add fun pieces to your wardrobe and garden and whatever else you like to do. Use this time to really centralize your peace, to really examine who you are and what you want out of life. Okay, remember that you don't have to be picture perfect. You don't, but you definitely want to, um, you know, just make some changes within yourself. I promise you that it is tough during the journey, but it feels so good once you start to do it and you see results. It feels so good. So yeah, that's um, what I wanted to say. Um, oh, what else am I going to be talking about here? Mm, oh, yes. So the last two little points here. So, okay. I told you guys Tristan broke up with her boyfriend, which, you know, we were excited about. Not because he was a bad kid, just because we don't want our daughter dating. She is 14. She will be 15 in June. We just feel like, eh, let's just pause on that, sis. I mean, I was young. Um, her father was young. So we know that, like, we know what that's all about. You know, you feel like it's so serious, but really it's not. Um... So yeah, I am trying to let her work through this on her own. Of course, I was there for her after and she was fine. You know, she had her sad days, but she moved on and stuff like that. What happened, mm, like all men, girl, we have probably all been here where he reached back out. Okay. So he ended up getting another girlfriend um, and he basically cheated on her a little bit. Like, you know, and we talked about this, me and Tristan, I'm like, um, cheating, a lot of times people think it's... Uh, they think it's uh, just sex. It's not. If you're watching porn all the time and jacking off, you're cheating. You need to chill. You know, that is a betrayal. Um, you know, if you are talking to women and you're building an emotional connection and there hasn't been anything physical, oh, you're cheating. Okay. Um, you know, and then uh, women, are you um, just getting to know somebody? You're just getting to know somebody, but you know that you kind of like them. You're kind of feeling them. That's cheating, you know? And so basically that's kind of what was going on. He was communicating with another young lady. Um, it wasn't sexual. It wasn't, you know, physical or it wasn't heavy emotionally, but they were getting to know each other. They were just kicking it, having casual conversations, building a friendship, you know? And the thing is when you feel that friendship crossing a line, and like I said, now you like somebody, you feel in them a little bit, you're turning to them more than you turn into your mate, or you're getting off the phone with your mate to get on the phone with them. Okay. Yeah. You need to reel it back in there because you're about to cheat or you might be cheating. Okay. And so, um, yeah, so basically, that's kind of what happened. So whatever he got, you know, with a girl, he got with that other girl and, um, that's fine. You know, I'm like, you know, Hey, it's not a big deal. You're young. You guys are all experimenting, trying things out. Loyalty is really not a thing. Um, when it comes to relationships at that age. So, you know, this is what I'm trying to explain to Tristan. So anyway, now all of a sudden he doesn't want to be with this girl anymore. Tristan is a much better catch, not just because she's my daughter. Well, it probably is, but oh, uh, she's a much better catch. And um, yeah, he realized that. And you, how many times have we been here? Come on. I'm just saying, even as adults, we've had this kind of type of situation happen. So, I mean, it's just like a never ending thing. Okay. These guys just start their shenanigans as a teen and then it just carries on into adulthood oh but anyway so yeah um now you want to come back checking for me mm, okay 
But where was you at when? Okay, let me not. Let me see. I'm having a flashback. Reel it back in, Joyce. Reel it back in. Anyway, okay. Um, so yeah, so like, of course, you know, like he wants to make up, wants to be with her and stuff like that. No, he want he's you know apologized about what happened. Um, because I think he was only getting to know her for like a few days. It wasn't like he was getting to know her this whole time. And like I said, like anything happened in his eyes, he didn't really see it as cheating. He was just getting to know another girl. And of course, to Tristan, that obviously feels like a betrayal. And that's kind of what made it cheating. So anyway, um, she wants to get back with him. And I'm like, absolutely not. The reason I'm saying absolutely not is because he's older than her, which is why I felt like, you know, and I'm not saying you can't be with someone older. I just feel like depending on how much older and in what stages, like in teen stages, eh, not so much. Um, but anyway, uh, she wants to get back with him. And I just don't think that's a good idea. So I was trying to encourage her not to do that. I feel like they can be friends, you know, but I'm like, you're going to get hurt again. And that's my thing. It's okay to forgive somebody. It's okay to mend a friendship, but watch how you proceed with them going forward. Okay. If they were reckless enough with you at that moment, they could possibly be reckless with your heart, your emotions, your feelings again. And you don't want to endure that, you know? So you got to know somebody's character. Like, have they changed? And that's the thing. He's young. You know what I'm saying? This could definitely happen again. The summer is coming up. It's just like, do you really want to go down that road again? Don't you feel like it's best to just remain friends with this individual and just kind of let him go through what he's going to? He's a young guy. He's attracted to women. You know, he's figuring it out. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't believe there's anything wrong with that. I don't have any bad feelings towards him whatsoever. Um, but I just don't want my daughter to be attached to anything that's going to hurt her self-esteem. Now, I know she has to go through stuff and learn in life, and that's fine. Um, and that's why I'm leaving the decision up to her. But I did let her know, like, hey, we are not OK with that. You know, um, we don't think she should date anybody. Shoot, because, dude, you, you didn't have two boyfriends and one year and it stressed us out. Like, what is really good? I was like, two seconds, two seconds. But anyway, um, <laughs> we just don't want her to go back down that road. But again, people have to make their own decisions, their own choices. So that way you can feel it. Okay, once you feel it and go through it, you learn from it. And that's for real. Um, so yeah, I just feel like, you know, I told her the only man you really have to go through and endure so much with is your husband. I mean, even the guy that you're dating before, you guys will go through some things. Okay, but if it's just ridiculous and it's to the level of what people are dealing with in marriages, you might not want to be with this guy. You know, God is probably telling you he just ain't it, sis. So move on. Um or he, he, you know, and same thing for men. There's some men that get some signs and they overlook them too. But yeah, I just feel like, listen, he, oh, and then the other reason I said that, that she should just not, he has the audacity to be like, oh, I'm so confused now because, you know, I do kind of like her and I like you too. So I just don't really know what to do. So it's like, oh baby, let me make this decision plain and simple for you because I'm not your second option. That's what we're not going to do. Okay. No. And that's how I feel. It's just like, no, um, either I'm the clear choice or I'm not. Okay. Clearly you have a lot going on, you know, and that's fine. Just do you, boo. You don't need to entertain me. Like, mm, no. Mm. Okay, Joyce, bring it back in. You getting into it again. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I just want her to understand that she's worthy. Okay. That there is a guy that he doesn't have to, you know, waver back and forth. He will know without a shadow of a doubt 
that he wants to be with you and that he likes you and that you are the girl for him. That is the guy that you want to work it out with. That is the guy that you want to be with, not the guy who's unsure. That's a dangerous space to be in. So I just hope and pray that she doesn't entertain it. Um, and I'm sharing this story here, not just to be like, oh, sharing. Obviously, a lot of things I share, there's an intent behind it. Because again, I'm not surface level. But um, yeah, somebody may need to hear that. If he's, you know, in between, sis, just make the decision for him, okay? Make yourself not an option and then things can be much easier for him because that's what we're not going to do. We we know who we are, what we have to offer, and <laughs> what, what you're doing, we're not tolerating that. So there's that. But anyway, moving on to the big thing that I wanted to discuss here before we go ahead and end the day, darling. So I want to share with you uh, three reasons. And that's why I talked about that first and then moved into this. You see what I'm saying? So these are the three reasons that I stayed in an unhappy relationship because we do it. I just read a book not too long ago. It's called More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroth. I think that's how you say her last name. Welteroth. I have to look it up. But anyway, um, she was like um, editor for like Teen Vogue magazine or whatever. But um, yeah, so a really good book. It was cool. But anyway, yeah, she even talked about like her like staying in a relationship that she just like knew she didn't need to be in, but she was just trying to be all ride or die and stuff. I'm not a ride or die. I just am not. Like I said, I struggle with forgiveness. So how could I possibly be? Um, You just like, you blew it with me and I'll leave. Um, But the particular relationship that I'm speaking of is obviously a marriage. It's a little bit different to just up and leave a marriage. I'm not saying you should stay in one that's tox toxic, dangerous, uh, massively unhealthy or anything like that. But happiness, mm, that's a gray area. We all do need to be happy. However, my happiness does not come from my marriage and it does not come from Michael. It comes from God. It comes from me. That is why my personal development is so important to me. Okay. Because I can be in this situation with you and not necessarily be happy about that but I'm still very happy. There's just so many good things going on for me and so much that's awesome and needs to be celebrated. So I'm not unhappy. I'm just unhappy with you. So anyway, um, brings me back to, so, and then maybe I should say more, I'm unhappy with your actions or I'm unhappy about our situation, not necessarily that other person because, uh, we vibe well, you know, if I don't, if I'm not vibing well with you, if, like I said, if it's just toxic, then, I mean, there's really no point in staying. So I want you to be clear on what I'm talking about here. It's just the happiness portion of it. So three reasons why I stayed in an unhappy marriage. Okay. And obviously I left. I mean, you all know I left. I left a couple times, to be honest with you. But that's not the point. I did um, the times that I stayed, you know, and came back to him. This is why. And I'm sharing this because I know that it's going to help somebody because people think it's about love and all this other stuff. And it really wasn't about any of that for me because I do love him and I can love you and not be in love with you. Okay. Um, hell, I can even love you and be in love with another person for heaven's sakes. But um, I just want to share this because I'm all about people learning and growing and what my message is and my story is. I want it to be impactful. Okay, so 
the first reason that I stayed, which was like the bulk of the reason, okay, is because of the community around me, my village. That is honestly a lot of the reason why I stayed in an unhappy marriage. I stayed because um, they were the ones that reminded me that, hey, tough times come. You know, maybe in this season, maybe you aren't happy right now with this person, but you will get there. You guys will get back there. Um, and also, uh, you know, the my um, bishop was just reminding me that you didn't, it's not always going to be pretty, you know, marriage is not going to be mess free. It's not going to be uh, hurdle free, like things are going to happen. And so you can't just like leave because like, oh, I'm not happy. I'm not getting that bubbly feeling that I once had before. It's like, well, I'm sorry that you don't have that. This is kind of him telling me, he's like, I'm sorry you don't have that, but yeah, um, you gotta just stay. Um, <laughs> there's really no, you know, no beating around it. Like you just, you know, you're not happy, but that doesn't mean that you just get to leave. I mean, if that's the case, You'd be switching them up all the time, which is true. But anyway, so my community was everything. They prayed for me. My friend, um, Candace, she literally would come to my house. Oh my God. If I didn't want to talk to her, if I didn't want to answer, if I was up to my shenanigans and she would pray with me, she would pray with me on the phone. Um, my other friend, Sheila, like if I was talking all this crazy stuff, she would just like listen, but then she would dismiss it. Like, okay, yeah, we're not going to talk about that or we're not going to deal with that. You know, um, my mother, um, it was just so many people, man, like so many people, my counselor. Oh my God. When I say that I love her, I mean, I feel like your counselor, you should have a great relationship. We have a phenomenal relationship. Okay. I bought her a Christmas gift and everything. Like I love her. Without her, I wouldn't have uh, the perspective that I have about Michael um, and about my marriage. Um, I love that she was transparent. She shared a lot of her story with me. And that's why sharing your story is so good because it really does impact others. You know, they can digest it in the way that um, pertains to their life. So, um, yeah, my community is... Um, the number one reason, like, you know, uh, like the big main, main reason why I stayed because they were praying for me because they were holding me accountable because they were lifting me up. But they also had respect for me that um, if I wanted to leave, that I could do that, you know, and that they would support me. But they made it very clear that that's not the decision that I should make. And so I appreciated that because it was like for a while, nobody supported me. They're just like, no, you got to stay, you got to stay. And it's like, hey, look, this is my life. I have to do what's best for me. If I don't feel okay, if I'm un unhappy and I just feel weighted down and my mental health is shaken and, you know, this is just not for me, he is just not for me, then you just need to support me in the decision that I'm making, period, you know? And so, you know, I definitely went through that season too. But again, I did appreciate that I did have community because there are some people, their marriages have fallen apart. And I noticed like, dang it, they just had a better community, a better village. If, if a certain somebody just said this or gave them this perspective or kept praying or kept pushing, that thing might've worked out a little bit differently. Okay. Um, and yeah, so, uh, 
it was my community. You know, my community kept me uplifted and gave me different perspectives to, to take a step back. And then also um, just being reminded that you can't make a decision when you are dealing with pain. Okay, because you're probably going to make the wrong one. So just being reminded of that, like your community is important because like I said, they hold you accountable. They reveal things to you. They're speaking from a different perspective. They're giving you their story. It's just so much going on at once. But that was why. Another reason, Michael, he was becoming a different person right before my eyes, right before my eyes, right before my eyes. Literally, um, I can even say the man of my dreams, you know, just certain qualities that I would want in a husband. I'm like, oh my God, check him out. There you are. And it was just like, um, okay, I see you. Um, and just being me, like I said, just still struggling with like forgiveness and stuff. It's still like, yeah, I see you and all, but I'm still not, I'm still done with you. Um, and then also just, like I said, I was transparent with you guys. And also just like, look, it took you too long. I'm, I'm tired of this. Either you're going to do right or you're not. So, you know, Hey, I'm just tired of being a wife until you're ready to be the husband. I want you to be, I'm really tired of being a wife. So, um, yeah, you know, he really just wanted a second chance, a chance to, uh, be the husband that I've always wanted him to be. Cause I kept saying like, you know, you're great now. I feel like you're a great guy. You can go and start a new life with another woman and you, you'll be phenomenal. I know. I'm like, I know you won't make the same mistakes that you made with me because you have learned from them. You lost your family. You lost me. Mm. And who trying to lose me? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm like, yeah, you're going to lose me. And I was like, so when you move on you, my friend, okay you and your new boo gonna be like relationship goes okay i see you guys and um he just didn't want that he's like no that's not what i want i want to be with you he felt like it wasn't fair that i invested and went through all of this and all of this and pouring into him for the build-a-bear man okay and then somebody reaps the benefit of the man that I poured into, invested in, and built. Um, he just was like, yeah, no, that's not going to cut it for me. Um, so yeah, like one thing, just a little sidebar, I would encourage you that that's what happens. We get weary. That's why the Bible tells us not to. And I understand that statement so much more. Like I understand scripture so much more too, once you've lived life. Before they were just cliche or, oh, okay, that sounds cute. Or that's, oh, that's good. But now it's like, no that's good. Okay. Like I can relate to that thing. I've lived that thing. I understand that thing. And so, um, yeah, like <sighs> keep living, honey. If you haven't been through some things, all I can say is keep living, honey. But yeah, you know, he just wanted to show, prove himself worthy of my love, prove himself worthy to be my husband. Um, he knows that he doesn't deserve to be my husband, you know, um, but we, you know, he wanted me to give him a chance to let him know that he is the man that I've always wanted him to be. And I was able to see that unfold. And that's the thing for me, even if I'm unhappy right now with you, um, I can, if I can see that you are a different person. Okay. Um, and there's potential for another season that we will be okay. Then, Okay. I can rock with you a little bit. I can wait it out and see, let's say that. I might not still be feeling this, but I'm okay with this and I still don't want this, but I can at least stay here, okay, in this season with you and see how things will turn out. So that was the other thing. And the biggest thing of all, and this one literally made me cry when I had the epiphany. And then also my bishop was talking to me about it too and my counselor. So it was just so crazy. It just kept coming at me from all these different angles. And I'm like, dang, that's right. So the biggest reason of all that I stayed in an unhappy marriage was because I made a vow to God the same day that I made a vow to Michael. I made a vow to him. 
And I give him the utmost respect because he has brought me through so many things. And I'm even getting so emotional just thinking about it and talking about it. But whew, take a second. Ah, but yeah, he is so good to me. He is so good to me. And I'm just so not worthy of so many things that he's done and so many things that he's brought me through. And I love him. I love God. I know, ooh, I know that there's a God. I do. And I love him. And the day that I made that vow to Michael, I made that vow to him. I vowed to him that I would love and honor this man through sickness and health, for richer or poor, for good or bad, until death did us part. And so for me, I stayed in an unhappy marriage because the same day I made that vow to Michael, I made it to God. And I knew that I loved God. I wasn't really feeling Michael. I'm not about to sit here and lie. And you guys know that. I don't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I wasn't feeling him and I didn't want to do it. Even still to this day, I go back and forth with that thing. But I have faith that because I did something selfless. Whew. That because I'm honoring my vow to God. He will honor me. He will bless me. And again, this is what my bishop, my counselor, Iris, I love her again. They had to remind me that I have to do the right thing. I have to be accountable. Michael is going to be held accountable for the things that he does. I'm going to be held accountable for the things that I do. Now, I'm not saying, you know, again, I'm not saying, you know, if your situation was different and you had to leave and you couldn't honor that vow, then that's something that you and God dealt with together. But that's the thing. God never kept giving me signs to leave this man. You know, I had an out to leave. Oh, trust and believe. I had an out to leave. Okay. Because the Bible does clearly give you reasons to leave for, you know, so I could have left. But um, like I said, it just... It was another big testament to me again, you know, that's the one thing when you're praying and praying for stuff, you got to be careful because God doesn't, he's not like a genie. He's not just going to throw it at you and give it to you. He will put you in a situation where you have to grow through that thing. We have to apply it. I've learned, I've been praying for more patience over the year. And then that's why justice is off the chain. Oh, she's off the chain. And because she's so off the chain, I had to realize like, wow, she's making me be more patient. Same with Tristan and this teenage stuff. It's a lot, guys. It's rough. But it's like, I have to I have to be patient. I have to be patient. Same with the whole thing with Michael and, you know, his transgressions. It's like, okay, I have to forgive, you know. I have to walk in forgiveness at the ultimate degree. And so, yeah, anyway, um, I knew that it was something that God wanted me to do was to honor my marriage because it's not, it's what I, it's what I didn't want. And that's the thing. Usually the, what we don't want is exactly what God wants for us. You know, it was like, no, but I want this guy over here. He's so shiny and pretty and new and clean and sparkly and he hasn't hurt me. And it's like, yeah, Joyce, no, but that's not what I said you can have. You know, I said that you're going to be here in this thing. You're going to work it out here. So that's why I ended up ultimately stay because I love God more than anything. And I truly believe that me being faithful to God and the commitment that I made and the vow that I have with him, I truly believe that he will 
uh, turn everything out, work everything out for my good. So yeah, so whew, sorry about that crying. Well, I'm really not sorry. I'm human and I can get emotional when talking about God. Like I can because he's just so good. Um, yes, but then I want to leave you with this one thing that I have found online. So it said, here's a statistic you might find interesting. According to an analysis of the National Survey of Families and Households, 86% of unhappily married people who stick it out find that five years later, their marriages are happier. In fact, nearly 60%, these are some high percentages, um, nearly 60% of those who rated their marriage as unhappy and who stayed married rated their same marriage very happy or quite happy when, oh, when re-interviewed five years later. In comparison, those who divorced and remarried, listen at this. So if you divorced and remarried, they divorced again at 60%. So more than half of the people that divorce and get remarried, they will divorce again. That's crazy. Um, starting over may very well be the answer to your marriage problems which is exactly what I thought. But then they just gonna throw this thing in here saying, as long as it's with the same man. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, and so yeah, I just wanted you guys to know, like I said, you guys are literally gonna get to see me. You know, that's the one thing as an influencer and, and part of my brand. And you know, you'll just see me starting over, starting new, starting fresh. You know, it's never too late to start over, it's never too late to start new to start fresh. And you know, some days I do still feel like, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it with him, just because it's like you expect to feel that that bubbly feeling, that happiness, you expect to feel a certain way. But I don't feel bad with him. I really don't. Um, him being Michael. I, um, we're very great parents. We're very cool. We're really great friends. We handle our finances well. We laugh. We, you know, it's just so many great things. It is. The only thing is just working through what we went through, okay, in order to be better and to come out on the other side, hopefully happier. Um, his story isn't obviously the same as mine. Um, he's still very much happy to be with me. Um, that's why I said, you know, he's happy about this chance and stuff. But yeah, what I wanted you to notice, giving you those reasons, not once did I say anything about like, you know, me loving him. I didn't stay for that. Or, um, you know, I don't know, like sometimes people try and stay in an unhappy situation. Oh, for the kids. I'm not staying for the kids. You can forget that. Um, money, uh -uh. if I have to get six jobs, you know, sorry, sir, I'm just not doing it. Plus that's the benefit of being married anyway. You're going to be giving me some alimony and child support. Okay. But anyway, yeah, the reasons I stayed was because of my community, because there were change behavior enough that I could tolerate, okay, that situation while it was not, you know, where I wanted to be. And then also because I made that vow to God. And the commitments and stuff that I make to him are more important to me than anyone and anything else. Okay, so that's kind of what, if I think about that all the time, then I'm able to push through and get through because I know that God has good for me on the other side. So yeah, I hope that this was impactful for you guys. And like I said, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, I still going to be switching it over. Um, but yeah, don't forget to share with me the types of things that you guys want to hear from me on the next one. 
Um, and yeah, that will be coming soon. Um, Mother's Day is coming up. I don't think we'll be talking to each other. Nope, we won't. So if you are a mom, happy Mother's Day. Um, and if you are not a mom, I hope that you celebrate your mother or the women in your life that are moms in a wonderful way. And I will talk to you guys later. Always remember, count to two before you snap.